Welcome to the Be Ruthless Show, where we have the conversations that other people don't. The conversations that other people won't. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and I'm ready to make a lot of noise and disrupt things ruthlessly. Thanks for being here today. Now let's get to it. Welcome back to the Be Ruthless Show. I'm your host, Sam Ruth, and today is National Stop Bullying Day. And I think it's an important thing to talk about any day. It's also Bullying Prevention Month. And all of this began years ago because a group of sixth graders started it. And bullying originally was associated with school and school issues. And in today's world, there's so many different types of bullying. And quite honestly, I say this to my clients all the time. I tend to laugh every time I say it, but I really do mean it. I don't care if we call it bullying or the hiccups. I don't care if we call it depression or the hiccups. I care more about figuring out a solution so that people don't struggle. So if you feel like you are in a situation, I don't really, it's it's less important to me if it meets the criteria of bullying. If, if you feel ganged up on, oftentimes two or three people talking to one person can feel like a, an attack, even if it comes from a loving place, right? So if you are in relationships or situations and it feels uncomfortable in any way, shape or form, that matters more to me than what we call it. And if it meets a label or what that label is, Stop Bullying Day is about kindness and respect and considering that we're all humans and we all have to go through this crazy life and it's difficult for each of us in its own way. And any actions that infringe on another person in any way, online, physically, verbally, emotionally, that's not okay. And that, call it whatever you want, call it bullying. How do we stop it? What are signs? What does it look like? And I think these are important conversations to be having, like I always say, any day, but especially today. And what can we all do to make a difference? And quite honestly, even just having a conversation, sharing, I didn't even know there was a National Stop Bullying Day, is doing something and, and giving attention to the day and to the topic and to the subject. And so this is every year. And it's about standing up to and putting an end to bullying. And like I said, it originally began, it started with a group of sixth graders. So it was originally about children not being afraid to go on the bus or to go to school because of another classmate that they felt threatened by. And there are also people who are afraid to tell someone because they don't want to make it worse. They don't want repercussions. And so Stop Bullying Day to me means letting other people know that days like this exist, letting other people know what makes you uncomfortable. I have been in a room where 
there are conversations happening that are not at all bullying, but they make me uncomfortable. And I can either leave the room, which I absolutely can do without any explanation whatsoever. I can excuse myself and say, you know, excuse me, I have to go to the ladies room. And I can say, you know what, this is, this conversation is making me uncomfortable. People don't know if we don't tell them. And yes, there are certain things that are blatantly obvious and there are words and language that we know is discriminatory, but there are oftentimes people who say things truly not knowing that it can bother someone else. And so we can contribute to that by staying silent. And, and you do not have to speak up, but I just want people to know that you can. The most important thing is removing yourself from that situation if you feel uncomfortable or unsafe or just like it's somewhere that you don't want to be around. I get that way in, and my parents will laugh and tell you stories going back to me as a little girl. I don't like rowdy, drinking chaos, whether it's someone at a sporting event just having a great time, but cheering loudly and a little bit rambunctious. I immediately, from the time I was little, would my antlers would go up. Like I would immediately understand that there was more likely to be a confrontation around that person than the other 50 people around me. And if I could get away from it physically, I literally would. And not just one story, multiple stories of me just skedaddling (laughs) out of something. And you know what? It worked. Nothing bad happened to me. I got out of a place I felt uncomfortable in and I did not feel safe enough to say anything in those situations. So it worked perfectly. There are certainly other situations where I do speak up and I think it's important to consider who we're talking to and if it's someone who's going to be receptive to what we're saying. People drinking at a concert or at a sporting event are not receptive to my input, <laughs> right? That's that's a battle I don't need to pick. But there are certainly other situations I've been in where people are talking about many things. And I'm not talking about things like politics or religion. I'm talking about anything. There, there have been conversations recently about the vaccinations and people's different perspectives on COVID. And that makes me uncomfortable for many reasons that I don't owe an explanation, but I'm comfortable sharing because my dad has immune immunity, immune compro, <laughs> immunocompromised health issues. And I'm pretty sensitive to him being out and about in situations where someone isn't vaccinated. Right. So that's my perspective. And I know there are many people who are not vaccinated or have a different perspective for their own reasons as well. And neither is more right or wrong than the other. But I'm much more comfortable having that conversation than standing up to someone having a good time and cheering or drinking and being rowdy at an event, because that's what happens. That's what you sign up for when you go. And I can just get away and physically go somewhere else. So those are some simple, silly examples of not even bullying, just things that we can do to 
get out of awkward or uncomfortable situations. And I've said it all the time. My parents used to say to me, if you don't want to go, you can say mom and dad won't let you, right? And I certainly never had a problem just saying, nah, I'm not in the mood. That's my personality and I'm outspoken. But there are plenty of people who aren't or situations that require an out and being safe and getting to a safe place, whatever that means in the situation is all that matters. Like I said, running out of a Lions game because of rowdy people drinking worked. Nothing bad happened to me. <laughs> and when there was a fight, I was the one running to get security. That's just what makes me feel better is physically leaving and trying to get someone else that's qualified to handle it. So how do we teach others to do that? How do we teach others that our comfort is what matters the most? That feeling uncomfortable, feeling unsafe might be too big of a word, but not liking a conversation that's going on. Let's just be basic and talk about people being human and gossiping and being around people talking about other people. That happens all the time in this world. And it doesn't even have to be a bad thing. You can be talking about what to get someone for their birthday. That's still having a conversation. If you are uncomfortable and it's going on, the examples I just gave work. You can skedaddle like Sam and remove yourself from the situation. You can say, you know what? I'm a little bit uncomfortable talking about this without so-and-so here. Whatever works with the group you're with, the place you're at, it all matters, right? It's easier to have a conversation in a private place, somewhere public is louder. There's more people watching, right? All of those things play into it. But the common denominator in any example that I could bring up is that being comfortable and getting to a place that you're comfortable is what matters most. So how do we instill that? How do we let people know that their experience matters. How often has your son or daughter come home from school with a story at school about something that bothered them? And how closely were you listening? We can all do a better job of listening because this is the only way we find out what's happening. If a teacher is making a student uncomfortable, if a classmate is making a student uncomfortable, if a student is just uncomfortable, the first thing we can do is listen. It might be something simple, like just complaining about a teacher repeatedly, but that tells you something and you can take it further and have a conversation to see what's really going on. We need to let everyone know, no matter what age, that you can have these conversations. You can have them with me, I hope you can have them with your family and friends, but if you can't, we need to find the people that we can. And there is always someone. If you aren't comfortable with your teacher, there's your parents, there's your counselor at school, there's the principal, there's your other teachers, there's your favorite bus driver. There's so many options. Going through it alone and keeping it to yourself makes it harder no matter what the topic is. 
And obviously the world responds to physical violence, physical bullying more immediately, right? There's an understandable immediate threat, physical interaction that people respond to verbal interactions, online interactions, interactions in a relationship, those aren't as visible, if at all, right? Sometimes you can see a conversation. You can tell if people are arguing. You can hear if someone's speaking disrespectfully to someone else. But that also goes on in behind closed doors. And there's so much we don't know that we have to rely on the conversations and we have to rely on the answers to the questions that we ask. So it doesn't matter to me if it's physical or verbal, the impact on the person in question is the same. When somebody is feeling bullied or targeted, oftentimes they withdraw. They, if we're talking about a school situation, for example, or a workplace situation, a lot of times they don't want to go. They are suddenly sick. There are reasons that they can't attend or they need to come home. And keeping open communication, even about those things. If you think your child is getting sick frequently, have the conversation. I got strep throat a lot as a kid, and it was truly just strep throat. However, I certainly played the I want to stay home game here or there, or put off something and didn't want to deal with it and, and wanted to stay home in bed, right? Kids want, uh, people, humans want to avoid a lot of times when that can add to it or make it worse, especially if we aren't having these conversations and we don't know what's going on. So even just getting into an activity with the other person, whether it's family, friends, getting outside, doing something in a place you're more likely to just talk and just have fun and maybe open up about something that's bothering you. We don't have to sit down and have a serious heart to heart. We don't have to ask specific questions. It looks different for each family and each situation. The important thing is that we have to listen and have the conversations. And even saying, I feel like you haven't been enjoying school lately. I've You've been wanting to stay home a lot lately. And I don't know what to ask or why, but I'm worried about it, right? That's starting a conversation. Being honest is the best path. People are smart. They know when we are beating around the bush most of the time. And especially when we're trying to talk about something that matters, like, are you okay? Is everything okay? Are your classes okay? Are your teachers okay? Are your seats in your classes okay? I've had clients struggle just because they needed a different spot to be able to see the board. There are sometimes very simple solutions and they, they cannot be found if we're not asking the questions. No question is too silly. And I don't care if we laugh at each other. I'm the first to laugh at myself. And 
the questions that I come up with, but we need to understand that it's the only way to get to whatever the answers are and whatever the issues are. And we all have them, whether it's, I'm just having a bad day. I'm just crabby. I woke up on the wrong side of the bed and something feels yuck. That's a conversation. And we all have been there and we all know that it's easier to get through it with a supportive ear and with someone who gets it. So more importantly than just acknowledging this day for ourselves or our loved ones, making a post, letting people know, did you know it's National Stop Bullying Day? I, again, don't care if we call it bullying or the hiccups. It doesn't have to meet a certain degree of complaint with me like it might with a school or a company. I'm talking about people feeling comfortable. And I hate, I really, really don't like being in uncomfortable situations that can be avoided, right? Of course, there's there's always uncomfortable situations in life, but things that we can talk about and make less awkward and use humor to navigate our way through, I think that that's the only way we learn. And I used an example earlier about doing things a certain way for other people about just being uncomfortable. And I'm going to bring up an off topic conversation that I had, but it relates because in, in my mind, it's not bullying, but it, it made someone uncomfortable and question themselves and, and how they function. And that to me, isn't okay. We're all allowed to be who we are and you're allowed to be different than me. And that's the way the world works. As long as I don't impose my way on you or vice versa, this was that type of a situation. So I have a friend whose daughter just recently graduated from grad school in my field. And she's been reaching out to me for input about interviews and resumes and all of these things. And so just yesterday, she reached out to me pretty upset after an interview she'd been really excited about. And it was for a remote position, which in this world today, we're all dealing with no matter what field we're in, right? Um, and she asked something about their policy on giving out your email or your cell phone. And again, this is my field. This is the mental, a mental health position in a different state, uh, but it was a position, it was a remote position, but she was essentially asking, am I allowed to share this with my clients so that they could reach me if they need to outside of a, an appointment? And the response was that, no, she may not, that, any contact outside of an appointment is only for scheduling. And I have been at places and clinics that function this way. Insurance companies function this way. And here comes a young, eager, fresh out of school person who wants to make a difference in this world. And she understands that in this field, people need to reach us. 
That's the way it works. Problems happen outside of business hours. And this job she was super excited about is telling her, no, you have to do it a certain way. And we all run into that. There are obviously rules we all have to follow. But when it comes to how you run your own practice with your clients, it didn't feel right to her. She didn't want to have a client and tell them, you're not allowed to call me. You can call the office and they can send me a message. That doesn't work in my field. If people had to go through a third person to get to me, they, they wouldn't bother. They're coming to me during some sort of a problem or with some sort of a question. And we're putting up barriers and making it harder for them. So she came to me and was questioning herself and thinking that she had it wrong and she had to conform. And we had a great conversation about this world and the fact that she can run a business her own way and we can find the right fit. And she has a choice that she doesn't have to accept this offer because if she does, obviously she has to abide by their policies. But is that bullying by definition? No. Is that you know beating someone up or calling names? No, but she was uncomfortable and she reached out for input and was able to discover ideas she wouldn't have thought of on her own. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. Whether it's bullying or just not knowing how to have a conversation or not knowing how to get out of a situation. If something makes you uncomfortable, that's not okay. And we live in a world where a lot of people will say, suck it up get thicker skin, learn to be comfortable. And I am i am not one who, who colors inside the lines. I am an out-of-the-box person, right? But when it comes to, I am talking about basic safety, comfort, you name it. If it feels off, if you're in a conversation with a group of people and, and you don't like how it's making you feel, that's valid to me. And I'm not gonna tell you never to talk to them again. But I'm going to tell you that you were uncomfortable and I'm never going to make you ask you to question that or toughen up or suck it up to be a part of a conversation. If you want to, we can talk about how you can let them know that it makes you uncomfortable. Like I said, that's where I'm at. That's what I do most of the time. Again, I have to read the room. Like I said, if I'm at an event and, and it's a concert and there's people drinking and they're rowdy. I'm not voicing my feelings there. I'm finding a better place to go stand so that I'm not in their way and, and I don't feel like they're in mine. So there's always circumstances that can impact. And even so, while I would say the majority of the time, I'm the one who will have that conversation, there's times that I won't. And that's completely okay because it works and I have a solution so that I'm okay. And until we live in a world where everyone is equal and there's no power shifts and power dynamics, these conversations will continue. And again, I don't think all of these conversations meet, quote, bullying terms, but to me, they all matter and fall under the same umbrella. And what can we do? I am very conscious of my words and of the conversations I have when I'm around people so that I don't put someone in an uncomfortable position because I don't like feeling that way. 
I know that it's possible though. So I also check in and I ask people if they're comfortable with certain topics. Is it okay if I share this? That's always a great way to feel out the room and, and we can't always get a read on it. So I just want to encourage you not only to look at what you can do for others who might be being bullied or made to feel uncomfortable, what can you do for yourself? And what can you do for people around you that you normally wouldn't be paying attention to who might be impacted by your words and actions and choices? How can we make Stop Bullying Day something that we're all aware of all of the time? I would love to hear your ideas. Please reach out, sam at samantharuth.com. Like I share any awareness day, they're all so important and I don't think that it should be just one day. And I think any conversation is amazing in making a difference and making others more aware of what's going on. We also just yesterday was National Coming Out Day, an equally important day. There are many people who still struggle in silence for so long and are bullied. They're all intertwined and connected and the way out is through the conversations, if you ask me. So thank you. You can share this podcast episode. You can share that it's Stop Bullying Day. You can have a conversation. You can ask a question. Anything is something because most of the world doesn't know this day exists. And most of the world isn't walking around super conscious of other people's comfort and their own and raising awareness to the fact that even a conversation, like I said earlier about vaccinations, for some people, it's about pets. There are people who really truly get sick of hearing about Sassy and Dallas. Makes no sense to me, but it's true. And so I know not to share all my silly dog stories when I'm around them. And we only learn these things through the conversations. So I am not judging or saying people are insensitive. I don't think to say to the, the world, hey, do you want to hear my dog story? Because I just talk about my dogs. It's natural. But I can be more aware and check and make sure some people might just not be into animals. So there's always more we can do. And it's not coming from any place of judgment or critique. It's just coming from a, how can we do more? How can we be better? And thank you for, you're doing that right now by being here and listening to this. So thank you for being a part of the community. Until next time, always be ruthless. Thanks so much for listening today. Your support means everything to me, truly. If this podcast resonates with you, please do me a favor and join in the Ruthless Movement by making some noise and doing one of these four things. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Tell a friend so we can break stigmas even faster. Leave a review so people can see what you think of the show. And last, if you want to learn more about me and be a part of the Grief Hub community, please head on over to the Facebook group. We'd love to have you. Thanks again for spending your time with us and see you next week.